So Matthew 6, this is on the heels of John and the, the, his tragic ending. Matthew 6, verse 30 is where we're going to start. It says this, The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Did I say, oh, Mark, I am so sorry. Thank you for the correction. It's good to be corrected when you do something wrong. I'm going to mention that later, too. It's good. Mark 6. It's because I was in the baptisms I was so often in Matthew. Do I, should I go back to the start of Mark 6, or are we good to pick up where I was? Pick up? Let's keep going. Okay. Mark 6. I'll give you a, 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 just a second to flip over. We're good? Here we go. Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place, but many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd, so he began teaching them many things. Here's uh, kind of, if you were to summarize the, the main idea that I believe God wants to, us to hear in this text today, it's that there is one way, and that's Jesus, and it's a good way. It's actually the best way. There, there's one way to full life. There's one way to the abundance, just like what we talked about in Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God, and then everything is added to you. That way where you get everything added is Jesus. There's one way, and it's a good way. It's the best way. What we're going to do today is we're just going to move through sequentially, verse by verse, and, and just kind of talk about points that, that stand there. So the, ga- the apostles gather around Jesus. They report back to Jesus everything that he had done. It's almost, in a sense, it's like this mini, uh, it, it's this mini judgment day, right? Where they, they bring back everything that they did on their mission trip, right? So they went out. Jesus sent them out by twos to go and, and teach and to heal and to, to do, do deliverance. And they come back and they report to Jesus. Now, if we're talking about Jesus is the one way and he's the best way, it's important that we understand that every single person, not just us, every single person on this planet will one day die and stand before God. And, and everybody will face judgment. For those of us who know Jesus, we have nothing to be afraid of. For those of us uh, who don't, there is something to be afraid of, and that's why there needs to be urgency for us. Just a couple of, of texts, uh, and we're not going to go through many. Matthew 12, 36, Jesus says this, But I tell you that everyone will, give, will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word that they have spoken. Revelation in, verse, in chapter 20 talks about the dead coming and standing before. There's books that are captured. And so those who are in the book of life, you're, you're safe. You go to be with Jesus. Those who aren't, don't go to be with Jesus. There's eternal damnation. We, the, we don't want, honestly, our worst enemy to end up in that place. There's got to be an urgency and a pressure for us to not only understand that Jesus is the way, that he is the best way, but then to, to join God on his mission to communicate that. 
As I was thinking this through this past week, um, God gave me this, this image. This, uh, we used to, as a family, every Saturday morning, it was every Saturday morning, gather together around the table and I would make waffles. Now, if, if you know me, you know I'm not a cook. I don't spend much time in the kitchen. I've got a couple of go-to things that I can pull off. Waffles were one of them. We don't do it as often anymore, but, but every Saturday we gather, I'd plug the waffle maker in right by the table, and I had this mix down, and it was from a Mennonite cookbook. It was from Martha Giesbrecht or Martha Friesen or Martha any, I forget the, the Mennonite name. Anyways, if you've got your pen down, get ready, because it's a good mix from Martha, okay? You ready? So now you know as a baker, I, I know this much at least, you put the wet ingredients together first, in the bowl and you mix, right? Give me a little nod. Give me a little like at home if you're, if you're tracking. Okay, so, so we got two cups of milk, two eggs, and a third cup of oil. Okay, two cups of milk. Okay, put those in the mixer, mix it around, mix it around, get it all nice. Mix. Then you add the dry ingredients. We're talking two cups of flour, one tablespoon of baking powder, not baking soda, you get different things if you do baking soda. And it's possible, actually, in the first service, I may have said soda. Make sure it's powder, baking powder, okay? And then a half teaspoon of salt. Mix that together. Now, don't overly mix it, just enough so that it's all together. Then you've got this beautiful waffle mixture. You, you pour it into the waffle iron, and, and you're off to the race. Here's the thing. Now, here's why this picture is relevant. Oftentimes, when we look at our lives... We look at understanding and our engagement with Jesus as though he is one of the ingredients that we put into our life. So, so we'd say, well, he's one of the most important ingredients. He's, uh, he's the two cups of milk that you put in. Or he's that half, uh, half teaspoon of salt because he brings the flavor to life. And whenever you do that, whenever you make him into just a piece, you miss out you miss out on how significant Jesus is. And so here's what, here's what God said to me as I was thinking this through. He said, Jesus isn't one of the ingredients. Jesus is the mixing bowl. See, Jesus is the mixing bowl that all the ingredients of life go into. He's, he's the one that holds everything together so that we can put our ingredients in so that we can then have this full life. And whenever we take Jesus and we make him this small part, that Jesus is something that I do in this time or, or this part of this part of the day, and, and we take him apart from being the mixing bowl, make him into ingredients, we lose out. We miss out. We miss out not only on our understanding, but we miss out on the fullness and the access to God that we have. Jesus is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He's the way to the Father. He's the way to, to eternal life. He's the one that, that when we stand before God, God looks at us and we have the favor of the Father because of Jesus. This is why it's so essential that we understand Jesus isn't the ingredient. He's the mixing bowl. He's, he's the thing. He's the one that holds us together. Matthew, or sorry, Mark, I keep doing that. Mark 31. Then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. 
Not sure when the last time uh, you worked so much that you found yourself famished, tired, exhausted. And for me, it was this past week. You can see that there are so many things that, that have changed here at CMC. We've shifted a, a pretty much everything that you could shift. There's been a bunch of work outside, inside, and the tech team, actually, just pause for a second. Look back at the tech team, and if you're online, send a couple comments. These guys are awesome. They've done so much work up there in the booth. You guys are beautiful. Thank you so much for all the work. Let's just say thanks. It's good little thumbs up online. You guys are awesome. Thank you. So, so we worked hard this week to get it ready. At the end of the day, I got to the end of the day, I, was, I missed meals and we had gone so hard. And it was the first time in a long time that I actually was, was really hungry and really tired. These disciples, they've been going and going and going. They're, they're doing God's work. They're going and teaching. They're going and doing the healing. And it, it, remember, it's them that are doing the same things that Jesus did. Right? And, and that's our call. And some of us aren't, aren't, I'm not there yet, but we're on our way to that. Let's not lose sight of that. So they are dead dog tired. And he says, come with me and get some rest. And see, this, this is a beautiful picture of how deep Jesus' love is for us. He invites us into work, and it's a good work, but he also makes space for us. I'm going to read you a passage from Matthew 11. Not Mark 11, but Matthew 11. I'm going to read it in two different translations. And, and we've talked about this before, and I believe Eugene Peterson captured it so well. And he said this in, in Matthew 11:28, Are you tired? Are you worn out? Anybody worn out from this last season of strangeness? Are you... <laughs> Zadok is... Are you, are you burnt out on religion? Come to me. This is where it starts. Come to me. We come to Jesus. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. See, Jesus is saying... Yes, you come to me, and then we work together, and we work hard, and we do amazing things, and then we rest. And, and I think our culture sometimes has it all backwards, and, and, and we put so much emphasis on getting to the rest that that becomes this, this thing, and then when we don't get the rest, there's this, I'm sure many of us have seen news stories about people not getting the refund for the holidays that they've lost and they lose their mind. Listen, Jesus is saying, hey, your life is actually different now with me. You, you come, you work hard with me, and I show you what real rest looks like. Real rest. Watch how I do it. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me. You'll learn to live freely and lightly. The key there is it starts by us going to Jesus, pressing into Jesus, waiting with Jesus. I'm going to read you one other translation, the Passion Translation. Are you weary, carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me. I will refresh your life, for I am your oasis. 
Simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways. You'll discover that I'm gentle. I'm humble. I'm easy to please. Jesus is a good master. He's easy to please. You'll find refreshment and rest in me for all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. Mark 6.32, let's, let's jump to the next one. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place, and many saw them leaving, recognized them, and ran on from all the towns and got there ahead of them. So Jesus is, is saying, okay, guys, come with me. I see that you're exhausted. I see that you've been working. Well done. Come with me. Let's, let's go get away. Let's get some food. Let's get some rest. Let's take it easy. People are watching, and they go, oh, we know where he's going. Quick, spread the word. And all of a sudden, boom, they take off, and they arrive where they're going. So Jesus is saying, you need rest. But he's also looking at the mission that the Father's given him. And he's saying, don't worry, we'll get rest. We also need to work. We also need to minister here. We need to keep pressing. We need to keep going. And we're going to see that more in 634 in a second. But, but here's, here's what I want us to, to, to think about, to understand from this. God sent Jesus to live, live the perfect life, to go to the cross, to die on the cross, to take all of our sins to him. He rose, he defeated death. When we believe in Jesus, we have access to that life. Now, Jesus left. When he left, he said, this is what you are to do. You've got to do this now, okay? I taught you. I did everything. You saw me do it. You saw me teach. You, you know the words that I taught. You saw me heal. And now it's your time to do the healing, the deliverance, all of that. That's, that's yours now. And the disciples are going, well, how do we do it? Don't leave us. And Jesus says, I have to go, but I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's going to come and help you. He's going to teach you anything you need. Ask him. He'll show you. We have to be careful that we don't look back and go, man, I wish I was just living when Jesus lived and I could just walk with him. Poor me, I don't know how to do it. Jesus said, this is the best thing for me to leave. He said, it's actually good that I go because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit who's going to teach you to do all things. We have access to it. How do we get the access or how do we do the learning? We rest, we come to him, we pause. Now, Jesus gave the mission. He, he gave the great commission to us. Every single one of us has a commission from Jesus, and then we all have our sub-missions, the missions that are all underneath. Now, by sub-mission, what I'm talking about is, is it's your, your work, your family, your anything like that. So, so if, you, if you're not tracking with me right now, what I want you to do in your mind or on your piece of paper, uh, take, uh, take, a, take five points and say, this is my to-do list next week. I have to make sure I get these five points done, okay? When you look at that list, you're going to see all of your sub-missions. And here's, here's what's imperative. Here's, here's what's really important. The sub-mission the submissions that we have need to be in submission to the co-mission. Okay, are you following it? Right? This, our submissions need to be in submission to the co-mission. What happens too often is that the submissions trump 
and go in place of the commission. So achieving that task, doing that thing, getting that thing, become more important than the commission of going out and loving people and, and making disciples and doing what Jesus did. So the sub-mission needs to be in submission to the great commission. Tracking? When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Jesus keeps pressing in. He keeps teaching. He keeps revealing. We can do all things, even when we're, we're fried or tired and burnt out, when we have our source in Jesus. When we understand that Jesus isn't the ingredient that we throw in, but he's the mixing bowl. He's the one that holds our life together. We can do all things. We can keep pressing. When that becomes cloudy or, or not evident is when, when all of a sudden we, sh- we shift, right? We, we make just Jesus just the ingredient, or we make the sub-mission the main mission. Jesus has the, this compassion on the people because he looks at them and sees them that, like they're, they're sheep. Uh, Christmas is coming, and there's this, uh, this fairly popular uh, composition called Messiah, and there's a song in it, and it goes, And we like sheep. Anybody know that? Anybody? A few? Do you want to do the next lines? Anybody? Anybody at home? Do it on a video and send it in. We want to see it. Because he goes, I'm not even going to do it, it's, but it's really good. You should listen to it. Isaiah 53, verse 6 says this, We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each one of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him, that's on Jesus, the iniquity of us all. We've all made mistakes. We've all wandered. We've all messed up. But Jesus came, and he took all of the mess-ups to him. Sometimes when, uh, when a sheep is explained, it's explained simply like this. Sheep are dumb, and Jesus is saying that we're dumb and we should follow him. Listen, it's more complex than that. Okay? It's, it's actually a lot more complex than that. Now, let me give you two sides. Because sheep aren't, aren't necessarily the smartest, but they have some capacity. So listen, listen I'm going give to you, give you a little example here. There's a study done in 2001, uh, and it's by the Electronic Science Society and Technology in China, who have a fantastically high sheep population, by the way. And and they recognize and remember that sheep can recognize and remember at least 50 individual faces for more than two years. That's longer than some humans. Huh? In the study, Kenner's team trained sheep to distinguish between 25 pairs of sheep by associating one member of each pair with a food reward. Uh, and see, quote, this is a quote, sheep showed clear behavioral signs of recognizing individuals by actually vocalizing. They would recognize these sheep would, would vocalize. Anybody want to try a sheep vocalization here? There you go. Come on. <laughs> They would vocalize. The team also found evidence that sheep can differentiate facial expressions, and sheep actually prefer a smile 
to a frown. Cute sheep, hey? Now, so, so there's some capacity here. Now, let me give you the, the other side that, that won't surprise you. And this is taken from uh, newspaper articles that were worldwide and uh, re- reputable newspapers, actually. Um, so hundreds of sheep followed their leader off a cliff in eastern Turkey, plunging to their deaths this week. I'm not sure when the week was in the past. This week, while shepherds looked on in dismay, Four, I'm sorry to chuckle, sheep taste good, they're beautiful, beautiful animals. 400 sheep fell 15 meters to their deaths in a ravine in Van province near Iran, but broke the fall of another 1,100 animals who survived. So the 400 sheep became like a fluffy pillow and saved the others that fell on top. Shepherds from a nearby village neglected the flock while eating breakfast, leaving the sheep to roam free. The loss to the farmers was approximately $74,000. Crazy. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Jesus walks into that situation, and he looks at the people of Israel and has compassion. His heart goes out to them. Jesus isn't looking at them and saying, you're dumb sheep. He's looking at them and saying, ah, my people, my children. If you go back and read through scripture, you'll see how often God's chosen people would understand that he is the one that holds everything together. And then all of a sudden they'd step back and he would become one of the ingredients, which is actually what the Pharisees did. God became this distant foreign ingredient and he became a rule maker, but not a relationship. And that's what was happening to the Israelites, but, but here's the thing, that's what happens for us as well. We become like sheep who take our eyes off of who Jesus is, of how deep and profound his love for us is, of how available he is. We, we have the spirit of Jesus in us, but it's going to be challenging, not impossible, but challenging to consistently hear and to get rest if we don't press in, if we don't stop. So here's the challenge for us today as we move out from here, is how do we ensure that all of our submissions are in submission to the Great Commission. Now, this is one of the things, one of the reasons that we really encourage everybody to be in a community group. Because it's one thing for me to speak it here and for you to listen and go, oh, I get that, that makes sense, and then you walk out and forget it. It's another to be in relationship with people who can dialogue and talk and encourage and challenge you. So you may have that relationship with your spouse. If you don't have it with your spouse, you really need to be in a community group or a triad where you can have that back and forth, where you can build one another up. As recently as two weeks ago, I was having a a conversation with my wife, and she was so kind as... So spouses have the ability to see underneath what's going on and see the bigger picture. Would you agree with that? Yeah. And she was... She was kind enough to point out where one of my submissions 
was starting to interfere with the greater co-mission. So I can sometimes get focused and I like to work and I can go, go, go. I can go on church stuff, house stuff, you, you name it. And, and she pointed it out. Now, here's the thing. Uh, what, what we on the other side of that interaction need to learn to do is to receive it, right? And so I, I actually heard what my wife said. Would you agree I heard it? And, and then started to recalibrate and shift things. Now, th- this is kind of one of the, the ongoing things that needs recalibration and, and it needs dialogue, but, but we've got to keep the submissions in the submission spot so that we can be in tune with the Father, so that we can be getting the rest, so that we can be doing the right work. So I want to challenge you, church. I want to challenge you to make sure your submissions are in submission to the commission. Jesus is the way. He is the life. And he's, the, he, he's the truth, and he's the best way. Can I invite you to stand? I invite you to stand at home, too. I'm just going to pray for us, and then we're going to move into ministry time. And so, Father, we stand as your children. We stand, uh, in a sense, as your sheep. And you are our shepherd, Lord. And we want to, we desire to, we intention to fix our eyes on you. To come to you so that you can show us when to work, how to work, what to do. So that you can show us how to take real rest. And so we worship you, Lord. We celebrate you. We celebrate that you are not distant, but that you are near. And so I, I speak right now against any, uh, anything that would distract, anything that would, that would tell a lie that God isn't near, that he doesn't love. We command it to silence. And Holy Spirit, we just, we just invite you to rise up in us. Let your truth be known. Let, let your heart for us be experienced. Thank you, Lord. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So church, we're going to move into ministry time right now. So if you are at home, um, you click on the pray button. We've got prayer people who are standing by ready to pray with you. And uh, for those of us who are here, we just invite you, if you would like to be prayed for, um, just stay in your seats and we'll have one of the prayer teams come and connect with you and pray with you there. Uh, and so on your way out, just invite you to, um, if you want to leave from the back rows out after first, and then um, if you want to hang out and connect, you can just do that right outside. Love you, church. You're beautiful. You're smart sheep. (laughs) Have a great week.